This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. All right, chapter nine, creating your master account. Now, as I set out on a pursuit to find a better way for my clients, you have to understand that I was... um, I was looking at everything. I, I had this agenda when I first started at the bank that I was going to be a stock broker and, and just trade trade money and just like just make a killing. I like I like the whole option trading hedge fund thing. But but I realized that um, in, in the pursuit of finding a better way, I consistently found a theme that banks were doing, corporations were doing what my mentors were doing. And I and you guys, when I tell you what this is, you're going to understand why I had a dilemma. Like I. I literally had a, a belief that what I'm about to share with you was the worst place to put your money. Like you would be better off digging a hole in the ground and putting it into that hole and burying it than putting it into this vehicle. That's how badly I hated this thing. And in the process of me learning this, I because I had that belief, I'm able to come to you really authentically and really know what I'm talking about because I have done my due diligence and traveled the country and learned from so many people. And it's made me to the point where I felt like I needed to read, write this book because I, I don't think there's a ton of great resources out there at this point that point you to the power of this. And so the way to build wealth is by maximizing the efficiency of your whole process. The way to maximize the efficiency of the whole process is, is to maximize every element. And remember, we talked about E equals MC squared. Like, I don't want to lose focus on this. Like, we need to be most efficient. And efficiency is making sure our money is is getting maximized by the compounding and control of the growth. And the 16 ideal benefits is safety, liquidity. And remember, like, remember checking these things off. Safety, liquidity, growth, leverage, inflation protection, guarantees, free of fees, free of le- regulation, flex. Flexible, requires minimal time, it's passive cash flow, it's private, it's protected, tax de- deductible, it's tax-free growth, and tax-free distribution. Those are like the 16 ideal benefits. And I'm telling you, the very best place for your master account, the very best place to put your money is, is in a mutually owned life insurance company using a specially designed dividend paying contract. Now, if I would have told you before you ever picked up this book or started listening to this, that you would really need to add life insurance to your portfolio, you probably would have thought I was like very mistaken <laughs> you might where you're like Caleb you might have to go take a nap um or worse trying to sell you something you know because there's a lot of people out there that have agendas that will make something sound really good to sell something you need to create wealth you know re- you remember you are your greatest asset like why in the world would you put your money into life insurance to fund your why you know that doesn't make any sense everyone knows life insurance you know is the worst place to put your money and, and again guys I'm listen I'm, the reason I'm writing this is I'm I went out to pursue the best thing for you. Like it would have been a lot easier to tell you that 401ks was a solution because no one would have argued with me, but I'm coming to you and telling you that this is the best place to put your money. Um, so however, in this pursuit of like trying to figure out the best place to put your money, I also like, I just like realized that, okay, the reason why the wealthy were using life insurance was the tax benefits, but like if it's only for taxes, then it's only going to be for the ultra wealthy. There's some people that call life insurance like the rich rich man's Roth because there's no limits to how much you can put in. And, you know, in Roth IRAs is at the time of this book, there's some kind of limits. But like the reason this was a rich man Roth is it worked like a Roth IRA. You didn't have to pay taxes going in or you had to pay taxes going in, but all the money could grow, could be used and could be passed on tax free. So it's just really, really powerful. Now, a specially designed dividend paying contract with a mutually owned life insurance company is as close as you can get to the ideal 
financial vehicle. And I, I, I write this and trust me, I, I believe this. Um, it is the ultimate it is the ultimate inefficiency, especially designed dividend paying contract with a mutually owned life insurance company is as close as you get to an ideal financial vehicle. And trust me, when I say as close as you get, like the next the next closest thing, if we're going to add up all the benefits, I would maybe put the Roth IRA, maybe a savings account if you're like more of entrepreneurial and you know that there's going to be opportunities that you seek. But Roth IRA, if you're if you're looking for an investment, is the closest thing that you can get. And by the way, it's not even close. Okay. Now I'm going to break down this idea of when I talk about a specially designed dividend paying contract with a mutually owned life insurance, I'm going to break that down because I think it's it's really, really key, okay? So the first thing is contract, okay? We have to understand that we are entering into a contract that predates the tax code. We have to understand that we're entering into a contract that is is like, that that is like that we have certain knowns like that is written out it's not some um hypothetical thing like it's it's something that's set in stone all right the first point that i want to make is that this is a contract this a contract is an agreement between two parties so you're entering into a contract where you have certain knowns like it's it's written down now these contracts predate the tax code Number one, and these contracts have been as old as like in the 1800s. A common thing that people ask me when I start showing, sharing with them is like, Caleb, what happens if this happens or what if taxes change? And by the way, like contract law is different than tax law. And that's really important. And we have to understand that like we're entering into contract with a really awesome company. So, and I write this, I bold this in the book. The most, the more you learn about this agreement, the more evident it becomes that it is designed with the deep respect of private ownership. Um, because these contracts predate the tax code, they fall secure under contract law rather than tax law. So it's just really important that we have to understand that number one, as I talk about this whole life insurance thing, the first thing that we're doing is we're entering into a contract. We're entering into a contract with number two. So right, number two, to a life insurance company. Now, the life insurance company has has been stable. If you take a closer look at just one of these periods, maybe the Great Depression from 1929 to 1938, um, and or if you look at like what happened in the Roaring Twenties, or if you looked at even what happened to in 2008 or 2000, like all these companies have been super stable. Like mutual companies, like. Are, are solid. They are because they're thinking long term. They're not trying to make a quick buck here, quick buck there. And, and, and remember, they're not taking unnecessary risk, your chance of loss. Like they are thinking long range. They're thinking about your kids' kids. So again, they are super solid. So not only are you entering into a contract, but you're entering in a contract with a solid life insurance company. Now, the third benefit is it's mutually owned. Now, I am looking on my wall and I am seeing a Packer stock because yes, I'm a proud Packer fan, and the Packer Packers are the only NFL team that give you the ability to um, own part of the team, quote unquote. I'm I'm saying quote unquote because I don't really have any financial benefits. I tell people it's the best and worst stock I own, but it's really cool, right? So think about this in in this in this type of life insurance I'm talking about. Not only is it a contract, not only is it a contract with a life insurance company that has been around for many many years, but that company like you have ownership of that life and you get ownership of that life insurance company. It's kind of like a credit union. Like you come in and the profits go to you. That's really, really important. And if you think about it, it's like, again, like Warren Buffett, who's this super wealthy guy, he wants to buy insurance companies because they're so profitable and he can't buy these certain insurance companies. Only the people that get these certain contracts have ownership rights 
uh, over this life insurance. Now, the fourth piece is dividend paying. Now, at the time of uh, reading and writing this, there's a lot of people selling all kinds of life insurance contracts. And a lot of them are not selling this special type of dividend paying contract because um, the illustrations don't look as good. Like the idea of dividend paying is when the company take, gets a dividend, when they become profitable, they pass it down to you. And the problem is a lot of people want to maybe put their money in the market or some kind of index. And there's a lot of reasons why, and I'm not going to go into in this book why those are those are bad, but like there's a lot of reasons why people will sell you something that's not in your best interest that looks a whole lot better on paper. And you just have to trust me on this, that we want to enter into a contract with a, with a life insurance company that has stood the test of time. We want to make sure that we have ownership of that life insurance company. We want to make sure that the profits that the insurance company get ultimately get passed down to us. Those are things that we need to commit to ourselves. And finally, Finally, we want to make sure that it's specially designed. Now, the specially designed piece, I'm going to uh, spend a little bit of time talking on this because when we think of being specially designed, I want you to think about when, when I say life insurance, you're most, okay, I'm not going to say you, but like most people's mind go to an expense. They, they, they literally go to this idea of like, okay, insurance is an expense. So what's the minimum I have to pay? And when I started working at the bank and was selling life insurance, I had an app that if you came to me and said, I wanted a million dollars, I would look and try to get you the cheapest rate on the market. That's because life insurance was a total commodity. Now, who do you think determines that cheap rate? Well, it's the insurance company because ultimately they're, you're entering into a contract and you're saying, if I pay my premium, if I pay the, your money, I keep up my end of the deal. It's a unilateral contract, meaning they have to keep their end of the deal. If something happens to me, my beneficiaries, my family, whatever I want them money to go to will get passed on. And so that's how most life insurance is thought about is an, is an expense. Now, on the flip side, what if life insurance, like who determines the max amount of money that you can put? And I know by saying this, it's like, Kayla, what are you even talking about? But like, let's say, let's say the minimum that you could pay for a certain amount of death benefit was a thousand bucks. That means the, there's a company out there that would take your thousand dollars and insure a million bucks. If something happens to you, your family, your beneficiary gets a million bucks. But on the flip side, let's say that there's a company out there that, you know, you could pay $50,000 for the same amount of benefit. Okay, number one, why would you want to do that? Number two, who determines that? Well, the insurance company determines the minimum. The government, you got me right, the government determines the maximum that you can pay for the certain amount of death benefit. And why in the world does the government even care about life insurance? Well, it goes back to what I said earlier in this chapter, taxes, rich man Roth, like there are so many tax benefits. I, I'm going to go out and say it's, if you understand how to use it, it's it's, it's like the greatest tax legal loophole that is available to us. Like it is amazing, you guys. And and we just have to understand how to leverage it. So if we specially design it and we optimize how much money is being put in, we're maximizing all the living benefits, all the benefits that we talked about uh, early on, ideal benefits I'll address next, and what we're minimizing the death benefit. So when you think about it, we're reverse engineering the whole insurance idea. So when you think of life insurance, you actually think of a, of a you pay something and you're getting a benefit. But when we, when we overpay, what we're actually doing is when we're setting this up that's specially designed, we're saying, how much money can I put in for the least amount of insurance benefit? And the reason we do that is the insurance is that fixed cost that that is a drag against our money. So we want to bring that as down as low as possible. Okay. 
This is really, really powerful because this, if you understand this, this is the best place to save and store your money. Now, I remember the 16 benefits that I talked about. Life insurance, when you put it in and you structure it and use it properly, your money is safe. You have liquidity over it. It, It's very competitive growth. You can leverage it, which is key, you guys. You can use the controlled compounding strategy. It's inflation protected. It has guarantees. It's free of of percentage-based fees. Cost of insurance, you're actually buying a permanent asset there, but it doesn't, like, and again, we can go into, I have a video that talks about this, but it's like when you purchase that permanent cost of insurance, that's not considered necessarily a fee. Now there is a dregs to your money, but that's a fixed cost. And ultimately you're buying a permanent death benefit that is going to be there someday. Free of um, percentage-based fees, free of regulation because it's under contract law. It's flexibility. If you build this properly, like it's actually flexible on how you fund it and for how long you fund it. It requires minimal time. You don't need like it's the company is the company has its staff and they're doing all those things. You don't need to be involved in that. You have passive cash flow. This represents the dividends that you get paid. It's a private contract, meaning money in your contract. Like the IRS doesn't even know how much money's in your life insurance. Like, do you know how powerful that is? Like, that's incredibly powerful as it relates to keeping our money off the radar screen of the IRS. Protection. Life insurance comes with some amazing human life protections. You are your greatest asset. Make sure you're protecting yourself. There's also different riders that come with some of these contracts that are incredible. Your money, once put in, will grow tax-free, can be used tax-free. And the only thing that this doesn't have, it's it's not tax-deductible, meaning you don't get a deduction today if you put your money in there. Like a Roth, you it's after tax, but your money grows tax-free and you can use it tax-free and it gets passed on tax-free if you set it up properly. Man, like this is this is so good. And I'm, you know, I'm this is one sit-through, by the way. So I'm I want to make sure I'm being energetic here because this is this is huge. Like you have to understand, like when I read this, my heart when when I when I learned this, I was like, oh, irony. Like I I was put I was like pursuing ways to like destroy life insurance because I thought life insurance was the worst place to put your money. And then now that I like we are, our company specializes in helping people set this up. Like we're one of the best in the world and country for setting this stuff up. Irony behind this is pretty crazy. Okay. So I'm going to read this. Um, Yeah, I'm going to read, read this next part. So you've created your master account. Any money you contribute beyond the cost of insurance is safe. It's liquid. It's guaranteed to grow. Bullet point number two, it is growing even more as you receive dividends and and you can and you can use it as collateral for a loan. So even if you use it as collateral for a loan, it's earning as dividends. There are no percentage-based fees. You have flexibility in how funds get added to it. The next part is the contract provides some inflation protection and is fairly free of regulation. Um, next point, it requires very little time to manage and can be a source of passive cash flow. Next point, it grows tax-free and can be accessed tax-free. And finally, it can be protected from creditors and the death benefit provides protection to your family in the event of a tragedy, which by the way, it passes through probate, uh, which means you get the money way faster and it passes on income tax-free. And this ultimately is the best way to pass on your assets. So many people, when they maybe hear about the strategy, we're, we're designed or we're, we think of like asking the question, okay, how much does it cost? Oh, this is amazing. How much does it cost? And that's like the wrong question to ask because this is literally a contract that gets customized to how you want. It's like, it's, it's literally a customizable, customizable contract. So instead of saying, how much does it cost? How much do you want to save? If I could give you an asset that had 15 out of the 16 ideal benefits, that was so amazing. How much would you want to save? Most people would say, I want to save as much money as possible. That's, that's what I like. I save a ton, a ton of money. I save over six figures a year 
into life insurance, not because I want to, you know, have a fancy death benefit because it's so amazing. And I have, I have the money right now. So I want to stuff that in. And it's just like, because it gives me this 15 out of the 16 ideal benefits. And I'm not asking like, how much does it cost? I'm saying, this is so amazing. How much can I put in? And so again, that's just a big thing. We want to increase the living benefits and decrease the drags to our money. And now, now in saying that, I want you to know that I, I believe the, um, death benefits really important. I, I don't want to get misquoted for saying that death benefits not important. I'm just saying for making this argument or quote unquote debate or this this idea that life insurance needs to put your money in, like, yes, it's a no brainer when you start adding things like the tax-free death benefit and the riders. But like, even without it, I'm saying just from a mathematical perspective, like your money, like in retirement, it makes sense. Even if you stripped every death benefit away from it, it still makes sense. And because of the death benefit, there's things in retirement that get better because of that. The point that I want to end with is if you go Google search, should I invest my money into life insurance? You're going to get a lot of mixed uh, approaches. I mean, there's there's going to there's so many people that know nothing about this. And instead of if you talk to a financial advisor that like you're like, oh, like you should try telling them this like, hey, I'm going to put all my money into life insurance and see what they say. They're going to freak out. Or if you go to someone and say, instead of saying, hey, have you heard about this concept? Can you help me set this up? Like ask them like, hey, can you explain to me how life insurance works and why I would want to pay, all, put all my money in? They're going to look at you like, you're crazy. Like, why in the world would you do that? So like very few people, including the people at the home office, the, the at the insurance company, don't they don't fully understand this. And and, and let me just summarize it real quick. Like we are able to put our money, we're able to get a small amount of insurance. Our money is able to grow tax-free the rest of our life without any interruptions. We're able to utilize our money and, and use, use a controlled compounding strategy and actually borrow against it while letting our money grow. It shows up powerfully in retirement. It protects the most important asset to ourselves. And here's another key. Can you not save more money if you have access to it? If, you, if I could show you a place to control your money, could you save more of it? The answer is, is yes. And so, no, I, I never thought that I would be utilizing life insurance. I never thought I'd be writing a book on the power of life insurance. I never thought that this would be a thing. But you, you have to realize, like, I dedicated my life to helping you. I dedicated my life helping my myself and the people that I was serving. And, and I'm just telling you what I've learned. And there's a reason why, like, over 3,800 banks have this, what's called BOLI. There's a reason why corporations have what's called COLI. There's a reason why presidents on both sides of the aisle have done this. And Congress knows about this. And the wealthy have done this. So they understand control. They understand all these benefits. And they're using it. Um, to, to make massive profits. And so in, in summary, the master account is a special type of contract with a life insurance company that has stood the test of time, that pays you dividends, that is um, specially designed for, for your favor. And, and ultimately, you're the owner. You're, it's mutually owned. You get to profit off the benefits. And it, that's, that's what makes it the very best place to save and use your money throughout your life. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.